What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the kingdom. We got a special one this evening for you. We got a special guest. Um, and as always, I'm joined by the brothers behind King Golf, Regan and Jordan Headley. As we do, we'll send it up north to kick things off for us. Reg, how's things up there, my friend? How you doing? Good. First off, apologies for missing last week. Uh, left pack until the last minute, didn't leave town early enough. Was planning to do the show in Brandon, but didn't get there. I listened to most of it. You guys didn't talk. You guys didn't go too far off the rails, so I was pretty excited about that. Although, just as you said, uh, let's go a little further into this. I, I forget what you guys were talking about. Uh, I kind of lost service and it cut out, and I never did open it back up. So, and I didn't listen to it. So, I really don't know how the episode ended. But no, I had a crazy weekend that we'll recap uh, coming up here shortly. But back in Dauphin, played GP last night, minty as usual. Finally got some rain here. Things are good. Beauty. Send it out to Rossman. Sure. What's happening, buddy? Top of the evening to you, ladies and gentlemen. I was in the middle of a post there. I'm posted on Instagram live with Rip. So, bit of a shit show here, some might say. Uh, lots going on. Lots going on. Haven't eaten supper yet. Uh, yeah. I had a call with uh, the king of Australia, Dom, our buddy Dom from Australia. So, I was on the phone with him. It lasted a little longer than I had expected. And so I had to shower, make supper, didn't get to eat the supper, and now we're into the beer. So things could go slightly right sideways now. here on us if we're not careful. Um, I thought something was a little off with you before. I'm pretty uh, – need a couple – Hangry. I would I say a... hangry. Well, I mean, it doesn't help that we're 12 minutes late. Like my microphone wasn't working, so I can take some of the heat for that. But also you guys can figure out how to get into the room. I was sitting backstage, oh. man. I had a few drinks backstage, actually. <laughs> what else? <laughs> Can't say. Um, no, so we'll have a couple beers. This is a chilada, though, so it has some sort of nutritional value. It's got some clams, got some onions. Oh, yeah. um, and I slammed a couple beans before as well, so pickled beans for, for, uh, for sups. I don't have much to report, though. I'll throw her over to Rip. In uh, Where are you, Rip? How are you doing? Good, Good to see man. you. Yeah, you too. Uh, just hanging out in Long Island. Um, staying in shape. Trying to play some golf. guess you could say living the dream right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and what else? We we have a big-time cheers in order for the boys. Yeah. It's Instagram official now. Yeah. yeah. Might, uh, might have to grab a beer for that. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> well, I kind of do. I would say you can if you'd like, but don't don't feel pressured. It's bad luck uh, cheers in without a beer, isn't it? That's true. Yeah, it is. So, it we'll is. wait for you. You don't have to do it this second, but I'll, I'll grab it now before we get going. Okay, drums. What's up in Brown and brother? Not much, man. Um, yeah, we had a pretty good weekend as well. Uh, got some did some golfing in the old Kenosi Valley. Uh, and then uh, prior to that, we were in Winnipeg for uh, a comedy show. We got to see Jimmy Carr on Thursday night. Uh, had a ton of laughs. It was actually insane to see. Uh, I don't know if you guys know where the Burt Cummings Theater is. Um, kind of downtown. Uh, but the lineup to get in wrapped around the block twice. Not the building, but the actual block that it was on twice. It was nuts. 
No. So there was people. There was people that waited in line for like an hour and a half to get in for the second show. Uh, luckily, we could see it from our uh, hotel room and uh, waited till the the line died down before we ran over there and and caught it just in time. But uh, yeah, it was hour and a half, almost two hours of straight laughs. He shit on absolutely everybody nice. uh, the entire way. So it was amazing. Do you remember? And then much got of it? to. I was uh, not on. I was pretty high. Not gonna lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I just meant like when you go to a comedian, like you're like you laugh so hard at a joke, and then you're like, you're like, I gotta tell this to somebody after, and then he tells the next one, you forget about the one before that, and then by the time yeah. the show works, all just a blur, and you remember like one or two, but the whole thing is so funny. Man. Yeah, you get like premises that he was starting on, but you'll never get like the whole entire thing. I guess that's why they do it for a living, and we don't. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, this guy's probably like top probably like a top 10 comedian in the world right now he's unreal so what was with the line what happened there so i think um when we got in there on the screen before he came on it had like uh instructions where you could like text in jokes to him and then he would read them on the screen at the end of the night and like play along with the jokes so i think it just extended longer than anticipated from the first oh, show because it was like seven o'clock show and then the nine thirty, and it just took you. longer yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. But it was good. Then, uh, yeah, we were off to the bachelor party in uh, Kenosi. It's good times. How was Kenosi? Good. Uh, de- definitely the wrong bar burnt down that I remember. Yeah, should have been. Yeah, bar 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 should have burnt, and the moosehead should have stayed alive. Yeah. So I was a little little uh, miffed on that one, but I don't know. We had a good time. Um, Played two rounds. We got White Baron on Saturday and then uh, jetted over to Kenosi. Kenosi's far superior. I think uh, I always remember growing up that White Bear was like kind of the the one for a while. But Kenosi's unreal, man. I love Kenosi. Okay, so with the White Bear is like there's bears everywhere. Kind of you'd think like tied to Jack Nicholas. I thought it was a Jack Nicholas design. But there's also Arnold Palmer shit everywhere in there. Like the whole clubhouse is Arnold Palmer shit. So I don't know if they're just True. hoping that like people like expect that one of them did something there and neither of them actually did. But uh, I don't know. We might need some confirmation on that. I'm sure somebody in the chat might know who designed White Bear. I'm pretty sure it was one of them, though. I want to say if you if you need your confidence absolutely beat through the floor, like go play White Bear. I literally lost twelve balls. Like that's, that's no the point. hardest course on the planet, <laughs> and you can't even get it back because you just have to hit a four iron out to two hundred, and then you get a two hundred yard shot in. It's like, and if it's in the bush, you're never seeing that ball again. No. Chaz in the house. Good to see you, Chaz. Lots of people leaving. Lots of exits here. Yeah, no kidding. We gotta get things under control here. So we'll wait for drums to get back, but I'll talk a little bit more about Kenosi. Kenosi Golf Course, I would put it right up there with Oak Island, to be completely honest with you. Maybe, maybe even. And, and Oak Island, as everybody would know here, is my my top cheese. Uh, but, man, Kenosi is just such a nice course, such a fun layout, similar to Oak Island in that way. Um, but I would say that it has more views, like more scenery than Oak Island. Definitely, it's got, it's in a better setting, for sure. It's the, I'm always absolutely crippled when I'm you. there, though. So I always have yeah, I know hard time remembering. It. <laughs> I could not go through the course. No, 
I guess like, like, the first four holes. Remember, like, remember, remember, like, four holes. maybe like 18. <laughs> Is 18 a par three? 18? No, it's uh, yeah, it's a part three. No. Yeah, it is because that's where we're in the playoff. Yeah, so that's a oh, that's yeah, yeah, major, yeah, yeah, that's a major downfall of that course. Uh, drums and I were pretty lights out. I mean, I don't want to toot our own horns here, but drums had a third lowest round ever, and uh, there's a lot of birdies on the back nine from uh, the orange and blue guy. Rip, I wore orange and blue for you tonight. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but we got to uh. On that note, the guy in the bottom corner might be the most improved golfer in the past decade. Oh. Okay, hold that. Let's do a cheers because Rip, uh, Rip, shit. Rip celebrated one of the biggest moments in life, I would say, an engagement. She said yes, I believe, because it was on Instagram. So uh, cheers Hello. to Rip. Looked like a hell of a party. Wish I could have been there. Reggie was there. Uh, oh, he's got a Guinness. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Rip. Congrats, buddy. Cheers, Rip. Hello, Rip. Congrats. One heck of a party. One heck of a weekend. So tell us, oh, Rip. Rip, you're on mute. Ooh. No. Uh, we had a good weekend. Um, <laughs> it could have been worse. The weather was questioning, um, but we uh, we managed to play some golf. Yeah, a what, little. How bit. many did we play total? Twenty-eight holes. Uh, we were we were twelve, twelve. I think the first on Friday, and yeah. then sixteen on Saturday. Yeah, it's a good thing we played eighteen on uh, on Friday. Yeah, because that's the best hole on the whole course. Mm-hmm. Why the weird numbers? Did you play? Did you start um, in the back nine then? No, we, so Friday it, it rained from like four, mm. three o'clock, and then we we showed up to the course at six, and we were like, uh, like, should we try? Like, what should we do? And and we went into the clubhouse and we got a beer, and all of a sudden it just quit raining, and the sun kind of poked out. So it was like oh. six thirty, and we played twelve holes in two hours or whatever, and. Do you think that, that that 12 holes is the mintiest that that course can play? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those I mean the greens weren't as fast. That's that's one issue, but. Yeah, but the way the weather was, and then we also played the 12 best holes on the course, too. So it was like. What did the guy call it? The Sabonic 9? And then we added a few more because we had more time. Yeah. yeah. Disgusting. What what course again was it? Uh, Sabonic. Uh, it's, uh, it's in Southampton. Um Right next door to Shinnecock, they they basically corner each other. Um, then there's another course there, National, which is beautiful too. They're all three of them. It's it's actually kind of an incredible little spot for, for golf. <laughs> wow, that's a good word to use. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> is that kind of the best in the area? Then, like those courses. Um, there's a lot right on the ocean, eh? Yeah, so there's a lot. There's a lot of great courses, but I think what they have, well. Sabonic has the ocean. The other, the other two, you don't really see. I guess it's a bay. Um, it's not the actual ocean, but um, for for the area, I think it probably has the most water views. Sabonic, but I mean the Gulf on Long Island. I, I've kind of spoken to you guys about it before. Is just 
everywhere you look, there's like these hidden little like incredible courses. It's, I mean, they're all private and kind of hard to get onto sometimes, but um, if, if you can get out there and play, I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty good. Are you a member anywhere now? I actually did join, join a club um, here, which is an, a great track too. Um, they hosted, uh, I don't know if they've hosted any like professional tournaments over the years, maybe back in the day. Um, but they host a lot of amateur, um, events in the summer. It's, um, really good golf. What, what's that one called? Glen something? Glen Oaks. Yeah. That's next to my house. Um, it's, it's awesome too. Uh, they, they hosted the like the FedEx or something in like 2017. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was called the FedEx then, but there was a playoff with Spieth and John, Dustin Johnson, I think. And DJ oh, when he hit when DJ blasted like over blasted, the water. Yeah, blasted it like three something, like three ten carry or something over the water. And Spieth laid up like it was literally like 120 yards difference yeah. between where they were. Yeah, yeah. So that's right around the corner from my place. Um, so it's kind of anywhere you look, there's really good golf. But course. that's not where you're a member. What's what what's it called? Um, yeah, no, I joined Meadowbrook, which is like those two courses actually touch each other at one at one. Oh, point. really? Yeah. Oh. So have you ever tried that shot that DJ pulled off? You can you might be able yeah. to do it, right? Like, yes, but no. Um <laughs> different tees. Yeah. Yeah. So from the tees we play, it's not that hard, but there's tees like way in the back that we don't really use outside of four when they hosted. Right. And how improved is I got a question here. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jones. Sorry. I was just going to say, and how improved is he now? Uh, Uh, I'm improved, but if you saw me. You broke 80. No, I, 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 uh, 80 is my best, but. Okay. Okay. So you, uh, 80. Let's, if we can try to remember, I, I don't know if we can or not, but so you were 41 on the front. No, yeah. 42, sorry, 42. And then you started with a birdie on 10, and then you birdied 14 and 16. So you had three birdies on the back. So you're sitting three under with, with uh, uh, we played seven holes. So the other four holes, I'm not convinced that you would have had. I, I don't think you would have been over 80 i don't think that there's any way you could have been over 80 if you part out yeah if i would have part out it would have been close again probably and 18's a birdie hole yeah it gives i me think trouble. you could have done it it gives me trouble i don't know if i've ever birdied 18 but do you remember what you got on those holes like it'd be interesting to know no scorecard um, no i don't think we grabbed it it was pouring rain and we kind of jumped out of there i mean if you're if you're shooting 80 you can shoot 79 yeah for sure i can but i also can still shoot 93 94 i'm not that's where i am too man yeah i did it the other day i did it the other day i played tuesday i i couldn't hit a fairway it was and i would i shot like 93 your driver's absent a rope who's insane actually i didn't hit one good one cool to see (laughs) and you guys uh it's tough to explain it. Um, those greens, uh, the slopes. I've never played golf like that before, honestly. I, never. You got to know. You gotta know so cool. 
probably the coolest coolest golf I've ever played. Honestly, I, I would put it up there. It's it's crazy to say because I never thought I'd ever say it, but I'd put it up there with Cabot. Yeah, it was top three. Would you say? Uh, I say top. Well, it's top two for sure. It's the those are the two best courses I've ever played. Really? Um, the trouble, and we should talk about this too, Rip, because if you get a good caddy, which we had Friday. He was really good. And then the guy that you guys had on Saturday was really good. Like yeah. helpful. The guy, helpful. The guy that we had? Yeah, he wasn't. Uh, the first – so the first hole he gave me a good read, but then the second on, on two and three. This guy's reading your pots? Yeah. You you kind of oh. <laughs> rich people shit, man. Right. So anyways, on, on two and three. Are you three, still Right? <laughs> They ride right in the back. With the caddy? They ride right in the up. back. Yeah, it's like stand cool. up, hangs on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? That's wild. <laughs> it's uh, he used to it's get yelled pretty, at his kids for that. It's pretty chill there. Um, like, like when we play Friday after the rain, like we're we're in carts and caddy's like, yeah, like you guys can pretty much drive anywhere. Just don't drive on the green. Like you can pull the cart up right for the side of the green. It's Ten like, feet from the green. <laughs> pretty, it's fairly laid back like i mean you got to respect the course and like respect you know everything sure. but they're, they're pretty chill there was that the so, course that trump was ripping across the green on no. <laughs> okay so rip i just wanted to ask because the guy that we had he was kind of inexperienced and he gave me a, a bad read for my approach or my chip shot on two and i kind of was like okay whatever i'll give him the benefit of the doubt and then he gave me another battle on three. Like I hit it with like within a foot of where he said on both holes. And I ended up like running like 25 feet past the hole on both of them. Cause whatever it was, it doesn't really matter. But I asked him if I should hit it in different spots. So then the rest of the round, I kind of had like almost trust issues. Cause it was like, well, you misled me twice, but then he's still there every hole. So I got to ask his opinion. And then it kind of, it's really good to have if like the guy on Friday, like it was really cool yeah. to see, but then, once you start doubting a little bit, then it's kind of almost – it's not harder. It would never be harder because he gave me a lot of good tips too. But Yeah, they're also pretty good at, like, if you don't want an opinion or if you don't want help. I mean, I don't think it really hurts their feelings too much. But at the same time, when you're so, like, kind of unknown that you're still kind of, like, wanting help, but you don't mm-hmm. know if trust it or not. Yeah, it was nuts. But, Troy, uh, it was kind of cool too because we were playing against each other. Like, it was me and Santa against Rip and, and Pelic. And the caddies kind of got into it. Like, really? Like fighting? Like, no. No, they knew what the match was at, and they, like, they knew exactly. Like, oh, they really they were into oh gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, like fully invested in it. It was, it was kind of <laughs> cool. Yeah, I think they, they weren't helping each other's, like, teams out very much. And I, like, the, <laughs> who, the guy, like, who Rips guy gave me a yardage one time, like, hey, Come over here. I don't trust this guy. The match is getting tight. <laughs> so I got my guy to scope out again. But they might have they might have had a, like some side cash on it. Right. I don't <laughs> think so get this. Rips Rips proposing immediately after the round. We're tied going into 16. Chucks an absolute dart, makes the birdie, and nice. then an absolute shit storm rolls in. So they're up one with two to go, and we gotta leave the course. So that's how the match finishes. Oh Jesus! I don't mind losing like that. Birdie's right before he gets engaged. Last you call birdie, season, man. Adrenaline birds. Oh yeah, might, might have been. That was probably good for you, though, <laughs> Rip. Like, 
to kind of take your mind off of everything right before because there's nothing worse than really stewing on that something like that for a long time wouldn't you say i don't know yeah i mean it i honestly was pretty uh comfortable chill. was all day so i would i would say yeah it was play golf with your buddies before it's pretty cash can't really beat it no definitely not that's the right play for sure um so rip tell us unless you guys want to carry on with that but i want to know uh because rip what would you say you're firing like two years three years ago like 90s high 90s not hundies yeah i mean i would touch high higher 90s probably yeah um i think it's a little bit different depending where you play like like i think like here my scores might not be like crazy different but i think the the some of the golf is like a lot more challenging at times and i'm shooting a lot better um so like honestly here i mean i'm shooting 85 on average say and i'm still three putting you know a few times which you know, I could clean up and, and shoot a lot better. Like I, my ball striking is a lot better. My, my drivers like improved a lot. Th- those are like the biggest changes. Um, I've done a lot of work on short game, mostly like wedges and stuff, um, which has been a big improvement, helping, helping score a little better. Um, putting still an issue, but it's improved. I would say. You were never really a terrible putter though. Even when you were, you're kind of inconsistent, but I still remember yeah. you dro- dropping pots that I did not expect you to make. Yeah, I mean, that's more I, – I almost was better at, like, 20-footers than, like, 6-footers. Yeah. So I would say short you... game is kind of the only – the Improvement? Like, uh, like chipping would be the only – Yeah. The only – if you improve that, then you could, you'll be high yeah. 70s pretty much every round. Which Definitely. It's come a long way, but it's still still room for improvement. It's also like tough here. Like the greens are very sloped and very like rolling hills sometimes. So you really need to like be able to like spin it and, and do different things kind of to hold it. Cause I mean, you can hit a great wedge shot right at the hole and you don't always get rewarded. You know, it's, yeah, it's nuts. Like I, I said on that Saturday round, like if we were playing at home anywhere, like Rip, you would have probably been like 75. And I would have probably been like a few yeah, you were, under like you were playing well. But it's just it's totally different. It's a it's yeah. a grind every time you get around the greens, it's so hard. Yeah. And it makes you appreciate how good those tour players are because it's such a grind every time you're on the hole. Yeah. I would it's say a lot, a lot of those courses could hold events, like a lot of them. Um, some have. They're all like hard enough. Um it's just like when you get to like the real difference would be like the rough, like how they grow it out um, more for tournaments. And but they could there. They could. They just don't unless they. I mean, it's like even like Shinnecock. I mean, I know guys that have played there like a week or two before the the all the turn. Yeah, the open, and they said it was like impossible if you if you didn't hit the fairway, and then they played like a couple of weeks after, and it was like not that scoreable yeah yeah scoreable because like they cut it down like normal and it's like you can actually uh get somewhere out of there if you get above the hole in some of those greens it's it's not um 
Remember the the greens at uh, Dakota Dunes? Yep. Yep. They're like that, except there's more slope and they're faster. Yeah, and we played them at like not that fast because it had rained the whole day. Like then we went and played, and then it rained again at night, and then we played the next day. Like they can be lightning. And like it, it's crazy. Like you you have to factor it. Like you, I know you do at home too. Like factor in the wind on the greens, but like. If you're downwind putting, like it's, it's a big difference. Like yeah. it's not, it's not stopping. Like, you also you get the wind off, touch the, off the water sometimes too, which we had a little bit Saturday, and it plays it plays a, a role in it all too. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, even thinking of like Dakota Dunes, I kind of prefer greens like that because at least you know they're going to be faster after a couple holes. You kind of get used to it. I mean, I I never played there, so I can't really comment too well but i do i do really like greens that you know what it's going to do whether that's putting or chipping if you know what it's going to do because there's there's courses around here where you can hit a really good shot or a really good approach shot and it bounces because there's weird shit on the greens like different slopes but i feel like those courses like that that are at that level of um design at least you know what it's going to do I mean, you could end up 15 feet past, but that's kind of on you, right? Yeah, yeah. Or or it's like, you know, you're told usually if you have a caddy, like, you know, you're better off short, long's dead or whatever. Right. That's just right. Like, mm-hmm. you have no chance or whatever, you know. Yeah, if you end up on the wrong side of those, you're toast. Yeah. So how did you improve your chip and then rip? Just playing more or did you – have you been I've – taken, I've taken a few lessons. Um, and – yeah, and more, probably the biggest thing. But at least having a lesson of like, you know, some techniques and some drills to do when I am practicing because I'm I'm bad at like, or I was bad anywhere, and I think of just like, oh, I'm gonna go to the range and practice, and then you get there and you just like <laughs> bomb drive, or even if you're hitting wedges, you're just like throwing some balls down and just swinging at it, you know? Yeah. And just like I don't know, doing some different drills of like changing your target like every every time and like changing your distance like every shot and just going like back and forth, like mixing it up. Feel right, like learning feel. Feel for sure. Yeah. And I just didn't really have any technique either. Like I, I had to like you know get taught that a little bit too. In my opinion, chipping is by far the most important. I mean putting obviously too, but I think that if you really want to save strokes in golf, it's chipping. Because, I mean, you could hit a shitty drive. You could hit a shitty approach shot. You're still going to be kind of around the green there. Or you could hit a really good drive and miss the the green by a foot. You're still chipping it, though. Yeah. And it's, it's a difference of your chip there if you're two feet away or if you're 10 feet away. And if you're doing that every hole, that's probably 10 strokes around, right? Yeah. And even worse, some guys chunk it, they skull it, then they got to do that again. So then it's like 10 or 15 strokes. And I mean, if you can consistently get it to like two or three feet from somewhere around the green, like that's, that's huge. I think. Yeah. I mean, even, yeah, even if it's like 10 feet, then you're, you're kind of guaranteeing yourself a two putt. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and like, so, I mean, if you're like 20 feet with like a, a big rolling hill or something, I mean, you're completely in, you know, three putt territory. 
I've, like I've you said, it is hard to teach the field. <laughs> yeah, like Drum said, it is hard to teach that. It's just doing it, right? That's probably something that you didn't do before. Like you said, like go to the range with a purpose. Yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest thing probably. Or even just in a round, like like having a purpose like within the round of like, you know, you, you have a bad one on, on, you know, first hole, second hole, and, and just being able to like have some foundation to like know what to correct, you know, your next shot. Definitely. We got dad in the house, Rip. He said, who's the new guy? <laughs> We're still waiting for that. We're still waiting for that uh, party at Rossman Lake with uh, dad. Yeah. One day. Uh, you were sniffing this year, but I don't like, did you, we can talk hockey for a bit. Then we got to get, we got to get to the U S open. Cause there's quite a bit to cover there. Um, and a few other things, but, uh, hockey season overall, what are your thoughts on it? If I was a TSN interviewer? Um, yeah, I mean, I think first off, anytime you make playoffs is, you know, pretty good year. Um, it's not easy to do. Um, all you have to do is get in us as a team. We had quite a few ups and downs, but you know, we found a way. Um, I think for myself, it was all right. Um, you know, I, I, I played decent. I think, uh, playoff time, I probably played the best I've maybe ever played, ever played. Um, and, and it's funny how confidence like just can go a long way and I, I look back at, at at my playoffs and and uh you know I, my first shift against Carolina I, I ran a guy over kind of and it was right. kind of from it was like that one kind play of, yeah. that one moment where it was just like I, I gained so much confidence from that one play that it was just like carried carried on and I was able to you know play the best I've ever played you hit a guy like your next was it later on that shift or the next shift? Yeah, I, I don't know. I I was kind of running all over the place game one. You went, didn't you have like nine hits the first? <laughs> yeah, game? yeah, I think so. Like uh, it was it was the first two shifts. Like I texted the group chat and I was like, "Rippy is in one tonight." Like you just absolutely you crushed the you guy behind the, the net, guy, and yeah. then and then smoked the guy in the half wall too. Yeah, like right after that, it was it was good to see. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. So, can you carry that confidence in next season, or is it tough to do with such a layoff? I think it's kind of tough to do, but I also think that it's good to have that, like, in the back of your mind of like, you know, what oh, I can you do this. And like, yeah. like I think I found like another level. I mean, I played some pretty good hockey at at times, you know, throughout. I mean, there's always ups and downs, but um, I think I was really able to find another level. Um, so it is kind of like exciting in terms of going into next year. It's like, you know, I, I can do, I can bring more, I can do more. And, and just knowing that you can, I think definitely helps. But I mean, like we're talking like four months, five months off. I, I don't think you yeah. can just like, you know, step on the ice and training camp and pick it up that quick, pick it up, like, like play at your best. But um, I think it's, it's easier to get to. Plus, the intensity of the game as a whole is just different in September than it is in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think, uh, you know, come playoff time, it, it comes naturally. And, you know, in September, you have to find it within yourself. And 
which which I think is great for me. You know, doing it in the playoffs is, you know, maybe expecting more out of myself and pushing myself more, and and uh, you know, being able to find that level throughout the season from game one, kind of thing, and carry it through. Yeah, uh, well, we talked about it on the weekend, but uh, obviously looking ahead to next year, uh, I'm excited to watch Barzell and uh, Horvat play more than two games together before Barzell got hurt there. That that played a huge factor in your guys' success in playoffs too, for I would sure. say. If those two got to play together for a couple months before playoffs, might have been a whole different story. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, I think they're very capable of – being very effective together. I think you, you have a playmaker and, and a great passer and in, in Barzin, you have just a really great shooter and a guy that just scores, you know, whatever he does is he finds a way to score. And I think when you put those two together, you have a good chance of some success. So yeah, they, you know, played a few games together um, when Bo came over and that can also be a bit of a tough transition for a guy, you know, changing teams and coming to a new group. And then it wasn't long after that, you know, Barzi got hurt and then, then he came back for playoffs, but you know, it's tough. It's tough to miss that amount of time and then just jump in and, and expect to just, you know, dominate. But yeah, especially yeah, I mean, we've, you know, us as a team, we've, you know, we had some success for a couple of years, um, you know, two years ago. And then we, we had a, we had a tough go, um, two years ago with the COVID and some injuries. And we just, you know, we were so far out of it with a couple months to play. And I think if I remember correctly, but our record in the last like months or two months of the season that year was like really good. Like one of the better records in the league. And then, you know, last year I thought we, we were pretty good. We just had a, we had a month where we really struggled and that kind of forced us into being in the spot where we were, where we were really grinding to, to get into the playoffs. And, you know, I, I don't know our exact record at the last month or so, but we must've won like Reggie will know 14 or 15 games in the last like 20, 20, 22 and played some like really important games against Pittsburgh and teams that were in the hunt with us. And, you know, we were able to find a way. So also helps when you have one of the best goalies in the league. Um, no kidding. You know, you, you give yourselves a chance when, you know, he stands on his head every night. I think it was something like 14 and 6 or something in the last 20. Something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, Just to be precise. Yeah. No, I don't know. I think it was somewhere along those lines. <laughs> and and we, got, we got in by one point maybe, two points. And one. Pittsburgh lost to Chicago? Chicago, yeah. like game 81 or something and that got florida in too right yeah good for florida um, it was good to see he's up for uh the vesna isn't he he is yeah rightfully I'm so thinking he, i'm thinking he gets it i remember i remember you said when he came over he came over to one i think maybe your first time on the podcast yeah yeah <laughs> Which yeah, is probably he, well, before he was even a starter, I think. When he first came over, he came over in the bubble, but he didn't play. So right, because he that yeah. next year. But you yeah. said when he first came over, you yeah, were I like, remember that too. This guy's this guy's as good as uh, Shesterkin. 
Yeah, it's kind of funny because they're like best friends too. They uh, oh really hang out hang out in the off season. They're like they train together when they're young and like like best friends. And then they're like two goalies in New York, like kind of battling it out for you know top goalies in the league. There's other guys in that conversation too, but and they're all Russian. Yeah, they're right there. Yeah, <laughs> it was just unreal how you said that though. Like watching him in practice. Yeah, he's just so fast. Like, I, I don't know how much you guys have seen him, but like, he'll get beat. He'll get beat on a shot, you know, once in a while or whatever. But like, try to deke him or try to go like backdoor tap-ins and stuff. Like, he just like makes the save, and it's like, how? Like, how'd you get there? Makes your job a lot easier. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh, well, you've made a few saves in your day. Yeah. One for sure. That was a legend. Was that one of the highlights of the year? Was that 2022 or 21? <laughs> yeah, I think it was like two Last years year. ago, like like two or three days ago. I I uh, had a couple of people like sending it to me on social media. <laughs> um, just to touch on, just have to get in. That's like uh, honestly, it is tough sometimes during the regular season for you guys because you're not like a a high octane offense or anything like that. You literally just, your, your whole team is built for playoffs. And if you can find a way to get in, you, you got a chance to cup every year. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a reality. I mean, we, we have to grind it out. I mean, we're not going out there and, you know, ripping it up and whatnot. We, we have to play a certain way to, to have success. And I think everyone knows that on our teams, just some days it's harder than others or easier than others, I guess. But, you know, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, I think you look at it like you look at Boston, like Boston was untouchable all season. Mm-hmm. You know, they they had a, a great season, unbelievable. They get into playoffs, you know, they get a little banged up and they, they have some things going on, some like illnesses I think they had. And you just don't know. You just don't know um, once you get in what could happen, you know, positive or negative. So you, you just like got to get in and, you know, you have as good a chance as the other 16 teams. Yeah. Well, Reggie. Big side, what? <clears throat> yeah. What do you want from I mean, me? These guys, uh, Rip, I don't know if you're a watcher of the kingdom or not, but these guys always try to squeeze some hockey in here on us. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I watched a couple Islanders games during the playoffs, and I think the ones that I watched, you guys actually won. That was uh, – you you talked about flying out to New, uh, Long Island, I think, for game uh, game six there, maybe. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep her moving along here because we we do. It's we're already forty minutes in. We gotta talk about some golf here. I know everybody kind of watched a little bit of golf in this chat tonight, but we're gonna touch on that and we're gonna talk about some fix your divots because Rip has one too that uh, he would like to bring up. But U.S. Open wise. What are what is everybody's thoughts on Wyndham Clark? Reggie, I know you've been kind of hot on him lately. Uh, nobody picked him, obviously, in the pool. But just like as a first kind of impression of a guy breaking onto the scene, um, what are your thoughts, Rip? Honestly, I don't know. I didn't know a ton about him, but I think, you know, his story and what he's gone through um, the past few years or whatever it might have been, and then to kind of come on and and 
the position he was in and just kind of be able to just grind through it, um, you know, the weekend. And it's a tough spot. I mean, there's so much pressure and, and whatnot. And he seemed pretty cool, I thought, you know, through the through the whole thing. I, I, I wasn't able to watch yeah. a ton, but just like the ending and stuff, he, you know, he held his own. And I think that's just impressive of its own. I feel like um, drums. You watched a bit, but what do you think of Wyndham? You a fan? Yeah, kind of the same thing. Like he, uh, I, I actually am a fan now. Um, I remember we were saying, "Who the hell was this guy?" A, a month ago when he won, and uh, you kind of like Rip said, you get to hear a bit of a story uh, with his mother and her passing, and the way that uh, that's probably carried him on Sunday. Um, kind of on a big star-studded field. He just kind of held them off. Nobody really took off. He didn't either, but he still he still battled it out to to stay on top. Uh, like Rory couldn't buy a, a birdie at all, uh, and Ricky, I don't know if he just Ricky didn't. It didn't seem like he fell apart. It's just he might have tried a few too many things to make birdies, and it cost them. Do you like to me? I don't know. You guys, do you guys study like body language and stuff like that? Like Rick did not seem like he was happy to be there or anything. Like he just seemed like he was pissed off the whole day. I, I mean, I, I get think that, that you're was like, like in his zone, but like you have to like, you know, I don't know. Get into that's it. That's not how Ricky bit. usually looks. Like dead, dead straight, dead face. Right. Like he's usually a, like more casual laid back. Like you read that. That's what I mean. Like, like it, it mean. just seemed off. I think he was, like, put that much pressure on himself. I think when he missed that putt on Saturday, I think that was kind of like – that was hit the dagger into him, honestly, the, the three-footer on 18 or four-footer or whatever it was. Yeah, that was tough. That he, was like uh, you go into Sunday leading or you're the guy that missed the three-footer to go into Sunday's round tied, and now you're, now you're in the passenger seat instead of the driver's seat where he could have dictated um, – he would have had the lead and, and Clark might have had to go for a few things instead of just hanging on to the lead. He would have had to been right. trying to make birdie, and it, it would have changed things, the landscape of things on Sunday for sure. Um, very. You like Wyndham Reggie? Yeah, I, I do. Um, I watched pretty much the entire round on Sunday. Obviously, nice. my guy was my guy was in the hunt. Yeah, no kidding. Um, God, you know what, man? Like, he played so fucking solid man like you can't even put into words how solid rory played on sunday you can't he might hit every green i'd like to see the stats he might hit every green and clark's missing greens hitting in the long shit making these miraculous up and downs and rory's just hitting it to 20 feet and two putting every hole and i if there was five more holes i bet you rory would have won he just ran out of time and and couldn't make any birdies but that uh three putt that he had in the par five there was Probably the turning point of the whole day. Um, on the front? Because Clark, hey? You had some killer shots. Front. Holy. Uh, might have been like hole 12. It was when it was when Wyndham bogeyed when he oh, got yeah. stuck up in the side there. Because he was just on the fringe in two, and he left it three feet short and then missed the putt. But, man, he, he has to stop trying to hit a cut. Like, ooh. Can somebody Rory, just tell yeah, him that? I know, I know, I know. I don't get that either. That's the only time he ever gets in trouble is when he tries to hit a cut. And he he's the best driver in the world, probably, in the golf ball. Easily. Figure it out, yeah. man. 
I, I don't know, man. Yeah, like Wyndham was hitting shots like he it was his first time there. What you was. Like some some squirrely shots? No, 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 no. Like things you wouldn't dare try unless you didn't know any better. Yeah, like that one they played Fair. all the way up the hill. They were sick. But I feel but, like from my perspective, like in that situation, <clears throat> Rip, Rip could probably comment better than all of us can here. But like I feel like when you're at that point in your career, like Wyndham Clark, if you – if you, you know, chokes or something down the stretch, you're going to have a harder time getting back to where you were. But I feel like if you can somehow bust through that first one, because that was his first time that he was there. And if you can pull that off, I think I think he's going to do some damage in the PGA. Um, because you look at guys who were as close as he was, and then you just the pressure just keeps building up on you from that point forward because you know that you're good enough to be there, but you have to win. Um. And it seemed like in the past and in this tournament too, like if guys are playing for something that are, that's kind of bigger than them, they don't feel the same sort of, I don't, that's what I'm saying. I can't comment on this, but like, I feel like they get a sense of they're playing for somebody other than themselves. And that kind of helps them push through that barrier. Um, and, you know, hearing his story with his mom and his struggles and all that kind of stuff, you have to think that, when you're there, you're you're playing. He said he's playing for his mom the whole day instead of himself and worrying about if this happens, then this, or if this happens, then you know, I'm gonna make this much money, or they're gonna talk about me on TSN. Like if you're playing for somebody other than yourself, I feel like that's a a good way to bust through. Your thoughts, Rip? Yeah, you're you're probably right. I mean, I think golf isn't you know, hockey or a quite a bit different in that aspect because he's out there he's out there all by himself right and the thoughts that must go through your mind i mean like you you look at a guy like that that you know probably doesn't have a lot of money hasn't made a lot of money you know so far in his career compared to you know say rory where he's at in his career and like you know you he's probably thinking about that a little bit and about all the other things that, that you said and like when you can clear that out of your mind and have other thoughts and, you know, other things to play for. And, you know, I think everyone's probably different, but, um, you know, for him, if that's kind of what keeps him calm and keeps him just kind of focused on the right things and, and, you know, that, that's, that's great because he, he has something that, that can do that because I think you see it in other guys where, they're so good, so good, and then it's just like that one thing that they just can't recover from, or and then and then things can spiral into tournaments and always know, in the back of their mind, eh? Something yeah, like you, that. You guys, like you know, Spieth was hard to beat at one point. Then he kind of went through a little bit of where he was struggling, and you know, Thomas right now seems. To I was be gonna back. say Thomas. What's Thomas. up with him? pretty quiet in the last year um, um brooks two, we saw what he went through yeah, yeah. two examples of that too would be spieth his uh t-shirt on 12 at, at augusta yeah. yeah and rory on 10 at augusta like those guys were both absolutely flying high and they hit one bad swing each and then just like couple, derailed them didn't spieth have like um, a three-shot lead at the time or like yeah, oh, yeah. so did rory did you see the video of uh, Wyndham's girlfriend coming out? And the first thing she said was, that's so much money. 
<laughs> oh, really? I don't know if that was real or if somebody doctored yeah, something, but can't trust that, was, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a crazy thing. You, yep. can't, uh, you can't trust shit. That no, you see. Yeah. That's like something like that's life changing for a guy like that. You know, like, yeah. Holy, so, yeah, man. Some, so much security. Like, what is it six mil? Just to be able to go play and not have to worry about like travel and like all those things. And you can just go play tournaments and, you know, try yeah. to make some more money, but he doesn't like need it to survive successfully. And his exemptions too, like based on that alone, will be massive. Sponsorship. Hey, he plays in that tournament for the next 15, 20 years, right? Like his endorsements will be crazy too now. Like he'll, he'll have people just knocking his door down trying to get. Oh, Christ. Look at Michael Block. Never mind somebody that actually was successful in a tournament. Yeah. Yeah. You have to feel for Rick, though, because he's on the, he's kind of on the opposite end of things there. Where like, he's such a good dude. Well, I think that if Ricky would have won that early in his career, like I think that his path, his life might have been a lot different. But you have to think his ability to play Thursday, Friday, Saturday there was like absolutely lights out. Like lights out. He hardly mm-hmm. missed a shot those three days. And then so, so why is Sunday different? It's the exact same course. He's It's a day later. But you have to think like it's – hundred percent it is, man. But how, how do you ever shake that then? Like, what do you – I mean, he wasn't even close to winning this one. He's five strokes back, I think. It's no – Rory's no different, man. Rory's no different for sure. He hasn't won since what? What? How many years? Like, a long uh, time. Major? 2014, I was going to say, yes. I feel, like, I feel like he's always, like, so far out of it on Thursday and then mm-hmm. plays lights out and is, like, off Just, five. Couple, couple really? strokes, yeah. yeah. Or like, he's in it, and then he just he just like he's still playing well, but he just can't like find like another level of like like making pots. Right? Like like Cam Smith did to him, and like like Wyndham <laughs> Clark did to him. Just they yeah. both just like short game the shit out of him. Could we talk about Rory's drop for a second? I don't know what happened there. I didn't see you didn't it. Didn't see it. Do you see it, Rip? Oh, no. what did I do there? Did I move it? Yeah, yeah like out of the bu- like when he was in the bunker. That's cool. <laughs> or what? I don't. I don't know why it looked like you were actually touching the screen and moving. I was because there was a hair on it, so I moved the hair, and then the whole screen moved. It's a touch screen thing. Forgot about that. Gee, is this the same laptop it's, I have? Yeah, it's a touch screen Lenovo. I have a confession. I cleaned it with a cloth one day. Doesn't work the touch screen, so I had to discontinue the touch screen. <laughs> <laughs> like I cleaned it with like a okay, alcohol so- swab and it completely destroyed the screen. That's kind of cool. Okay, walk us through the drop because I I seen the stuff online, but I never actually caught the drop. Okay, so it was like three or four holes left to go. Uh, Scheffler was playing with them. Scheffler was a par five. Scheffler went for it in two. He was in the bunker right in front of the green. Rory laid up. So he Rory hit his second shot to like 150 or 140, whatever it is. And so he, Rick uh, Rory hit his third shot, and it just went pounding into the bunker. But it was embedded. And it was like you saw those bunkers where there's a bunch of thick grass and like fescue above all the bunkers. So it was kind of in between the fescue and the bunker, whatever you want to call that, like the soil there, I guess. But it kind of looked different than soil. Uh, but it was embedded in there. So the the funny thing is, is that Rory and the the 
rules official official i think it was a lady but anyways they were both like fingering this uh <laughs> the hole in the where the ball was in because he had to identify it first but they were both shoving right. their fingers in there to see like if it actually broke ground or if it was just lodged in the grass or not so she determined that it was embedded um and i guess that under the rules means a free drop uh similar to like if it was in the fairway and it and it embedded into the fairway you'd get a free drop out of that right mm -hmm. um so it came in there hot but like i was okay with the drop i would have thought that he kind of had to go back into the bunker though but he like basically took a one club length barely off the green like in the fringe almost and got to chip out of that instead of either taking a one stroke penalty or hitting out of that bunker i don't know i just things like that where I think that if it wasn't Rory, I think that it might have been a different call. No? No, no, because uh, – That just happened, right? At the – This was like the third last hole. Yeah, but that just happened oh, like nice like, a couple weeks ago. The PGA. Yeah. Connors. It was Connors. Yes. Yeah. And, and Vic. Same thing. Same yeah. thing. They didn't get a free drop, though. Yeah, they got free drop, but they just couldn't go anywhere closer – to the hole and i think if i remember correctly that he wasn't allowed to go into the bunker because the ball wasn't actually embedded in the, in the hazard right you also oh, can't take relief in a bunker here. per ross yeah because i think he wanted to because he was like i'd rather just take a clean lie out of the bunker than i think at that time he had to go into like some tall taller grass on like a bad lie like bad stance right Okay, so that makes more sense to me then. I didn't I wasn't walked through that whole part of it. I, I so, must have missed so that. Get off Rory. Uh, it just seemed it seemed cheap to me. And it's also felt was, like Rory was like, Okay, I'm dropping this. Like the official was involved in the whole thing too. Yeah. No, it was so weird was though. What to do. It was weird. Did you see that video that surfaced? It was like Ricky Fowler tracker tweeted it when uh Yeah, when Clark the hit his ball, yeah. His ball. Is that real? Because that definitely looked like it moved. Yeah, it did yeah, for yeah. sure move. Um, but I was watching with Dad, and uh, so Rory chipped it to about ten or eight to ten feet with his drop there, and I said he's going to miss this because he knows that that wasn't even it. Okay, even if it was legal, like by the rules, you still have that in your head that I don't deserve to be chipping from here. For me, anyways, I don't know if you guys can speak on this or not, but like, if, if I something happens to me in golf where I'm like, ah, that's not right, like I shouldn't have gotten away with that, then you feel like you have to give one back. And I said, to but that, if it's I'm, in the rule, you didn't get away with anything. No, but like that—that's a cheap rule, man. Like he was screwed there, and he—he he did not deserve to be there, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even if it was legal, that's fine. Like I get what you guys are saying here, but like overall. I think that he would have had it in the back of his mind that there would have been. A he people. made it though, didn't he? No, he missed it. What? Yeah, he missed the putt. Oh yeah, he did. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he bogeyed. So, I don't know. We don't you feel for know. him though, or no? Look at it, like for for not winning. Yeah, I feel more for him just what he's gone through in the last like year me too then and i think that yeah the list I think that culminates into him not winning i think it's got to play a factor he's whether 
it's hard to say whether like all those words were his own or if he was like getting a little nudging from the PGA of like, we need you to like speak up more for us, whatever it might've been. Even if they didn't say anything, I feel like he at least had like a, a feeling that he had to, you know, kind of be the voice a little bit. And then having that pressure and then like not winning and being close, but not closing. It's gotta be tough. He is, he is easily like, by far the most talented golfer on planet Earth right now. Yeah, I would no, agree with no that. No questions also. asked. I would agree with that statement. He hits a ball like nobody else on Earth. He just can't win. Fuck, it's so frustrating. <laughs> like, not that it's even far. Like, I mean, there's long drive hitters out there. Happy Gilmore. Uh, yeah. But, you know what I mean? Like, just watching his ball flight, that little baby draw, and it goes like 340 yards. Like, there's nobody else at that level of talent. But what do you do? Like, that's the question. Like, where does Rory really go from here? Like, somebody said the other day, and and his wedge game, after all these years, the way he hits his driver, and he still takes a full, an, like a an entire swing at a wedge, and he's never figured out how to just like punch a wedge or like hmm. he never has. He, he always takes a full swing. And it just looks so awkward hitting a full, and he hits every wedge shot so high, and he just has no. Control. I don't know, man. Like, I wonder where that isn't that weird? From. Kind of coming from Ireland and like the conditions yeah. that they grow up in. Yeah, I don't hmm. know. I never actually yeah. even thought of that. I was gonna say because, like, in Ireland, you you cannot hit the ball high. So I don't know if it, that's like his adjustment to the USA of, of having to hit it higher to get over more shit. Because that is a real thing, though. Like in Ireland, there's not the same amount of um, hazards and water and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, you keep kind of everything on the ground, whereas in the states you have to go over everything. So I could see that being an issue for him. So my question would be like his coach, whatever. Like, can he go to him and be like, "Listen, like you have to learn how to hit this shot." <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, is his coach like, can't really go tell him this? Like, if not, then he needs a new coach. If he can't go say anything to him? Yeah. Or is that on Rory to allow it to happen, you mean? Well, that's what I have no idea. It yeah. could be both. And that, that probably yeah. ties into the whole live thing, though, too, is like they play, they finish on Sunday, they travel on Monday, Tuesday they're doing pro-ams or doing interviews, Wednesday, same kind of thing. Like it, ne they never really have a chance to catch up, and especially in like the last year where Rory's been so much in the spotlight and had so much – so many expectations like from that kind of stuff. I just don't know that he's had the time to commit to doing something like that. Like that'd be my kind of thing on it. And then he's expected to be at all these tournaments now. And I, I oh, think he gives a tournament, tournament for it. <laughs> and he gets absolutely ripped apart for missing a tournament. Like that's hey, what I mean. Hey but man, he, my game's shit right now. I gotta go rightfully so he should have. This. Yeah. But Reggie, I gotta you know get my game freaking shit though, right? Yeah, I know. Because he took on the ambassador role. Well, and he went on Netflix no, no, and said that everybody's getting too lazy. Yeah, but the, yeah, there's it's a difference. Soft, whatever it was. I don't um, know. I do feel Ferrari. I do feel Ferrari. He looked a lot different too with his short hair. He looks a lot younger with short hair. Remember <laughs> how he wild, was man. when he first came out, though? Fat Rory? Yeah, old Chupster. 
It, it is flow. crazy how these guys don't really have a break. It is, honestly. Like, they might have a Monday off. Right. And, and that would be like almost a travel day. Yeah. And and their season ends like when? It's like November. It doesn't really end. A week before it starts. Yeah. yeah. Like they get they they take a week vacation and then they gotta practice again and then they're playing within like honestly it seems like when the guys really find it is is when they either miss the cut yeah and they get those extra few days to work on their game. Yeah, right. Like I bet you JT finds his game now or just relax. Yeah, just get your head out of it for a little bit. He was getting yeah. hammered with Max on uh yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That was pretty funny actually. <laughs> PJ PJ messaged him and, or uh, tweeted that and said, we'll give you the password if you want. He said, be careful what you wish for. To the account? <laughs> hey? Yeah. To the account? Yeah, password for PJ account. For oh, the next. How so, crazy yeah. is it that there's only one major left? That is nuts, man. And it's also, I forgot to mention this off the intro. That's how rushed things were. It's the summer solstice today. This is the, does that mean it's the longest day of the year right now? Yeah. We're only going downhill yes, from here. Downhill yeah. from here. Damn. That's tough. Uh, but, I mean, we could talk about LACC. I think there's been enough chat about that. One thing we do need to talk about, though, and we we missed this a couple uh, episodes ago, but we're talking about the rough. We're talking about bunkers. Let's, let's talk about our fix the divot section or fix your divot section for the week because this is overdue. We've actually had Colton, uh, who's in the chat tonight, he originally sent this in, and we've had about three or four guys send it in since then. So, Reggie, tell us about Prairie <clears throat> Tour quickly, and then Drums can give us our uh, fix your divots section. Fix your divots is brought to you by Prairie Scratch Tour. Prairie Scratch Tour is created by the players for the players. The mission over at Prairie Scratch Tour is to provide competitive, high-level, and above all else, fun golf tournaments, which in all our opinions was desperately needed in this area. Um, looks like some jam-packed leaderboards of absolute stud players. That the last AC. one. At yeah, the AC, the AC, yeah. Guy, uh, who was it? He ran away with it. He was like eight strokes up on everybody else. Marco Tra starts with T-R-E. I don't know the rest of it. I can't. I've never been able to say. Let's it, hoping but. you try. <laughs> if you'd like to learn more information about Prairie Scratch Tour, head over to their website at prairiescratchtour.ca. They have a great website with tons of info on the schedule, membership events, and how to register for the events. And also give their Instagram account at Prairie Scratch Tour a follow for updates on the tournaments and all the upcoming terms for the rest of the summer. How many do they have left? Do you know? I don't. I think quite a few. I think they have like seven total, and I think there's been three, so I think there's yeah. should be four tournaments left. It is crazy, though, that all the majors are done, and it's June 20th today. Or not all the majors, but three out of four. Like, we're not used to that. Usually we're only half done right now, right? Right. Like two years ago before they changed the schedule? Yeah. I think that's why uh, we should they should move the Canadian Open. Yeah, the Canadian Open seems out of place where it is, especially with the year that they had this year. And like the they U.S. Might. the next week, you could yeah. probably get a, a hell of a lot stronger field. Yeah, I think I they should look at that definitely after like build build on the momentum that uh, that this year gave us. Yeah, but did they I not? Did it not used to be the week before the British Open? I think so too. <laughs> so they've so, just been screwed forever. 
Canada's yeah. always getting shoved around. Not a surprise, honestly. I don't no. know. So, drum. This is a big one, and uh, for anybody in, if you notice the title of tonight's episode, uh, this is exactly why it's called that. Because we're going to do a little bit of a breakdown here, further in depth um, than most. So, drums, let's hear it. Okay, Colton throws this one at us, and I hope uh, he didn't come up with this after playing me in league one evening. Uh, um, but uh, his fix your divot is don't fluff your lies in the rough. Not going to lie, I will do this in, like, rounds with just fuck-around rounds. Uh, it's not something I'll do in, league, like, uh, in a league. No. No, not in the league? Okay, good. Because I wanted to uh... – <laughs> I wanted to make a commitment here from everybody. I was thinking, you know how like in the past where they're like, if you wanted to get something out there, you paid for, you paid like a thousand dollars to get a billboard with that saying on it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus, Jesus saves or something like that. Uh, but I feel like billboards aren't as effective nowadays. <laughs> oh, I thought it said it was you drums. Uh, so Colton confirmed it was not drums, but I feel like we need to like if King Golf and the Kingdom goes down in history for nothing else, if we're known uh, for nothing else, I want to be known for stopping people from touching their balls in the rough. I think, I think that that's such a a key thing that needs to change in golf. But people just think that they can do it, and I don't know that they know any differently. So I think that we make a point of this, like going forward. Um, to talk about this and to stop people from touching their fucking balls. Um, you gotta use okay, how do you, no. in, in this situation, how do you identify your own ball in the rough? What's that drum? Like, how do you identify your ball in the rough? I feel like, you, you know, I feel like, you know, like 85% of the time. Right. You can you can move it with your your hand to like make sure it's your ball, and I mean, ninety nine times out of a hundred, you'll be able to tell right away if that's your ball. There's a there's an occasional time where all you see is white, and you have to do that. But I feel like guys just do that so they can move it a bit. But the thing that bothers me is like when people are blatantly moving it with their club in the rough. So one to me, it's like number one, it's totally illegal and. Not allowed. I think that it honestly saves four to five strokes per round. Two, I think that if you get used to playing out of every situation, every lie, your overall game actually improves because you're not so reliant on perfect lies all the time. You get more creative, you get better feel, and you don't piss off your opponents. I mean, yeah, you might add a few strokes to your round for a year, but like we have to, we have to make this a thing that people do. Objection. We had a round the other day, and I, I forget which week it was. It doesn't really matter. It happens all the time, but like I, w- I would never, ever, 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 ever in a league play, even majority, unless I'm playing with like East and it's like buried, and I got we're just dicking around at Rossman or something. I'm like, I just fluff it up so I can hit a better shot. Like if we're not finishing around yeah. or anything. Yep. But like, I mean, if you can fluff your ball in the rough around the greens, I bet you I would get up like get up and down probably 
nine and a half times out of 10, if I could fix a perfect lie every time around the greens, that's what makes it so hard. Like do people think that it's hard to get up and down if, if you're not fixing your lie? Like chipping into the grain in the rough is oh my god so impossible to do. If it buries down, you got to play a different club and like blade it or it. Like it's just it's not golf if you're if you're fluffing it up. And then what I was gonna say was I had to give a, a shitload of strokes to someone, and I'm playing it out of the rough. And then I drive drive up to their ball, and they don't even give a shit. They they, they fluff it. Got that bitch on and a then tee. throw a dart from 160 yards out of the rough because they just fluffed it, and I got to give him a stroke on that hole. And I'm like, <laughs> "Well, you took your <laughs> stroke, game, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you, like I don't know. It's so frustrating, but you're never gonna. I'm. I would never say anything to a person that will ever, never. <laughs> that's the best. Lie. So that's the best lie that I would like too. Like if like a fluffy lie in the rough, I'd rather hit than like a ball in the middle. Fairway of the even. So it's yeah. like. It's not even yeah. like making it like for me anyway. It's not even like just helping me. It's like making it best case. It's like putting a <laughs> T under. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, it's like he just hit the jackpot instead of actually hitting it in the rough. Yeah, exactly. Like it, Colton says he doesn't move it in the fairway. I always move on in the fairway. I do too. I think you shouldn't. I think I shouldn't be in. Yeah. No, I think in like amateur golf and men's night golf, like. If you hit the fairway, you're not playing in a tournament. You've earned the right to move it to give but yourself even, a life. You even like, even always, like you're in a bit of a, a divot and you move it every time on the fairway. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, I, I, I don't think I just, it's just a habit. I don't think I've ever done that. Really, really. I I definitely have moved the ball in the in the rough if. I'm not playing a match and yeah. I'm just like playing a, a fun yeah. round or whatever. I've definitely right. moved it. If it's like, I don't want to hit this, but even in those rounds, I don't think I've ever moved it in the fairway. Really? But it's probably like you said, habit. I've just never, I've never done it. And I just don't have the, it didn't. Yeah. And sometimes know. like I'll move it around like once, twice. And it didn't like, improve my lie at all it's just uh yeah me too whatever it's just yeah. a habit part of your team yeah. it's a gross sometimes habit. it almost makes it worse yeah and then you got to stand there for 30 seconds and fondle it for a while um but what do we do here what uh sorry yeah it is tough it's like okay answer me this question is it legal to move it in the fairway like not legal so, no. in a tournament, like not a PGA, obviously, but like, would you guys ever call anybody for moving it in a fairway if you're playing against them, like in the Tamarack or something? Like, is that a rule? I I, I personally, not knowing the rules of golf that well until like recently, like the the like fine rules, I just assume that you couldn't. It's if it's winter rules, then you can. You're supposed to lift clean in place and you get six inches. That's the rule in a tournament. Or if it's that's like, if it's winter rules, which a lot of the time they play winter rules in the qualifying of the Tamarack. And then once it gets to the match play, you can play whatever the hell you want. There aren't there's no rules anymore. Okay, so well like let, let's get away from the fairway stuff here because I mean to me, maybe it's because I do it, but I don't give a shit about that. I don't think that that's the issue here. It's guys who fluff their balls in the rough. So, 
My idea here, I had a couple ideas here. I was thinking about it today. I have a quick question. What okay. about like you're in tall grass and and like like not maybe not ripping out the grass behind your ball, but like bend like really flattening it down or like yeah. As long as you don't touch the ball. Tain it. You can't you can't really do that. Can't I do, do that. that all the time. I I yeah, do. I trample it down for sure. In the rules, that's not allowed. But I'm just asking. Even if you don't like touch your ball, yeah, you can't like. What about picking sticks? Like, yeah, you can pick sticks. You can, but if the ball moves and you pick the sticks, then it's a stroke. Yeah. Okay, Reggie. What about this though? Because I always try to like clear as much away from behind the ball so I can get a clean shot at it, right? Because I don't want grass in front of the ball. Um, if, if the grass is long enough, I mean, if it's the rough, you obviously can't do anything with that, but like, like technically, if, if like if you're holding it with one arm, no, 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 no. I'm saying like, if my back foot here as a lefty, my back foot touches, like holds it down. Is you're allowed to, it? you're allowed to like, you could say, um, like you could stand basically right parallel with the ball and then back it and take your stance, but you can't move like any body parts to like, like you can't like kick your leg way out to like grab a bunch of grass behind it. Why? You just, you have to take your stance. Whatever you do, you just get to the ball and then back into it. You can't actually like, like what when you hold the, sense? but what, like when you hold the bush, like with one arm and hit with one arm, like that's technically mm-hmm. not legal. What? Hmm. No, because you have to back into it. You can't. You can't hold anything. Like you just have to back in. And back that ass up. What if? Uh, what if I was like Rob and like putted with one foot behind me? He also doesn't do that anymore. We should give a shout out to Rob. He stopped doing that. Thank Christ. He got called out too many times. But like, <laughs> so you're saying you have to take your normal stance then? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I mean, I've been cheating my entire life then because every time I'm in long grass, I always take the grass. And like, tuck it underneath my back foot so it's not in the way. If you do it, if you can, if you can find a way to do that while taking your stance. So like, get over the ball and then back up, and you can, if you can trap it there. But you can't actually like, once you take your stance, like you can't extend your leg and like wrap the grass with your leg and then tuck it behind. Can you sidestep in, or you have to back in? <laughs> it's just yeah. moonwalk in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just shredding the grass with your cleats. Uh drums, you could probably crip walk in there or whatever the hell. You know what the funniest part is? I don't wanna I'm not gonna name any names. It might get out, but this was like the funniest, one of the funniest things I've ever seen was uh (laughs) like so that's that's the rule. Like you can't you can't hold branches back or you can't do anything like that. And you sure as hell your caddy can't hold a branch back for you. But there's a picture on the front page of the Dolphin Herald about a junior winning a tournament. <laughs> it, was, it said the guy's name and it said he's chipping out of the bush and his dad was holding the, <laughs> the bush. <laughs> he was holding back the spruce branch <laughs> behind him so he could hit out of the bush. And that was the picture they put on the front of the Herald. That. It was like 10 out of 10, like just cheating, blatantly cheating right on the front page of the Herald and says that, that he won the tournament. Actually. <laughs> it was so good, man. I, I've definitely like taken my club and like beat the grass down behind the ball or like stuff like that. Oh, well, we got some actual rules here coming in. 
So what the chat for? See, I'm more of like a does it make sense or not as a rule? Like I feel like if you can hold the grass down, you should be able to hit the ball. Uh, but Roscoe says in order to fairly take their stance, the player is required to prepare for their stroke in the least intrusive manner that results in the minimum improvement in the position or the lie of the ball area of intended stance or swing or a line of play. So it's basically the least intrusive manner that results in the minimum improvement. That seems really subjective to me. For sure. Like the funniest yeah, thing to I me. I guess like, like your playing someone, partner could call you out. When someone's like going into the bush and like there's a bunch of like long grass behind their ball and they just start like just going out like a whippersnapper. rocking it. the grass out. It's like, what is happening right now? And like that happens in men's night and you're like, what are you doing over there, man? Like, but I okay. Speaking of that, actually, um, speaking of that, Reggie, because uh, me and mom, you know the the part of the bush over here that I want to put a garden in. Yeah. So there's it was full of like six foot high weeds in there, and so me and mom tried getting rid of it yesterday. We had the weed whacker out; it just kept getting tangled up in there, obviously. And so, guess what I had to use? Golf club. No, way Scythe. better. Scythe. Oh, nice! Oh, yeah. Is that what Dad used in the water? <laughs> yeah, Dad used that for the the reeds in the water. But it was it was so crazy, man! I felt like I was in the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> but it was like it was right handed, so I had to do like the if it was a left handed one, it would have been a lot easier. But I was like scything right handed, scything, because uh, it has like two, and it's like an old school one. Like it's Dad, I think it still had a garage sale sticker for ten bucks on it, so the handles were like all loose and shit. Was not good, and it was not that sharp either. <laughs> <laughs> but. uh Okay, so let me let me ask you guys this before uh, before we start wrapping things up here. So there's a guy named Odell, Matt Odell, and he's a uh, he's a Bitcoiner, but he sends out the same tweet every morning, and the tweet is "Stay humble, stack sats." That's his tweet. He's been saying it for a year now or more. Uh, so the idea there is that he just keeps driving home the message. So my proposal for King Golf is we do the same thing, kind of. Uh, Reggie, if you're on board for this, I would like to send out a tweet every morning that says, leave your ball alone, don't fluff in the rough. Yeah. All right. I like it. Trendsetter. (laughs) I think that, I mean, if his tweet reached me in Canada from wherever he's at, um, like I feel like that's the first part out. What if you just tweet don't fluff in the rough? No, but I don't like starting things with don't. Like this is kind of like a more less negative. What about do not Better fluff not. in the rough? <laughs> Use the full word. Or what about leave your balls alone, don't fluff in the rough? Because then it's like kind of sexual too, and people might actually like you know notice it. I don't know. I think we should try it. I, I want to be no one. Yeah, I I'll want surprise King you Ball- in the morning. <laughs> no, I'll surprise picture. you with whatever I tweet tomorrow morning. I think picture the, of your balls. I think the no, t-shirt. no, no, no. What's that? Rip King golf t shirts. Yeah, don't fluff don't in the fluff rough. Rough. I think that would sell. Honestly, if we like, if we put this forward as like a message that we want to drive home to the golf community, because the thing is, is right now with golf in the last three years, I feel like there's so many like new. 
And I shouldn't say that because people in our league aren't new to golf, but this is just something that people have gotten away with for way too long, in my opinion. But where would you hear about it? You know what I mean? Like, unless you read exactly, that, unless you're in a tournament, you don't really like, you don't really know that better, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's true. And that's kind of like why I think the fixture divots segment has been like kind of catching on a little bit is because not everybody knows the rules of golf. Like you go out there, if you're kind of newish to golf, you go out there, you pay your 70 bucks, you get a cart that you can just rip around on. You grab a couple beers, you Woo! miss all a couple times, you turn on some music. Like you don't really give a shit. Okay. And what about all- this though? This okay. is the craziest thing on this topic. At Dolphin Lake last year or the year before, we've talked about this on the pod before, but uh, there was guys cheating every round, fluffing in the rough. So they just said, fuck it. Everybody's allowed to fluff in the rough. So and I think that's field. how it happened. So now the entire league's fluffing in the rough, and you're like, Okay, well, that's not golf, but whatever. I guess you guys can do that because the whole league's doing it. But it's golf, but louder. And then you're at a disadvantage, right? Well, then we're playing the Gary Brown, and the guys are like, "Are we fluffing in the rough?" I'm like, "What? What?" <laughs> like, well, we we do it men's night. We might as well do it here. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's Rip. Does your course have men's night like back home here? Um, they have a lot of different leagues and tournaments and things I, I don't think they quite have it the same but they have like similar things i'm like obviously kind of new in the last month so there's like a lot of stuff going on and i try to follow but i'm not re- really sure i know that like a lot of these courses have like women's leagues and i think men's leagues but a lot of them are like I think usually older and they play like Tuesday at nine o'clock. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, like 9am. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like quiet times kind of, mm-hmm. um, but th- they do do a lot of cool different tournaments, like with different uh, ideas behind it. I could send it all to you guys just for thoughts and stuff. It might be something that Sweet. you want to do something. They do this like Sunday scaries. Um, which is like you just Bridget throw like, that. like on Sundays, like guys are hungover or whatever from the weekend and they go play like a casual fun round. I'm not sure what's on the line, but I'm sure there's like maybe like a five dollar buy in or something. That's actually such a sick idea because if you if you get pretty lit up on Friday or Saturday or both, like I th- I feel like the best thing to do is a pound a bunch of water and have like one or two beers. Because if you go from drinking like 20 beers in, a, in one day on on Saturday and then go to zero the next day, like that's a shock to your system. So I feel like Sunday scaries golf, you have like one or two beers, you get some sunshine, you have some laughs, like it really improves your morale. Yeah. I think that's they the also day. do Tuesday like, this week. You, can, you can join as like singles or doubles and they just kind of put people together. So it's like also a chance for like members and different people to meet. Right. People Less competitive too, eh? Like a yeah, and like a bigger city where you might not know everyone that's at the club, but I had so, heavy Sunday scaries this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um 
Rip, we played with a guy in Minnesota at Chaska a couple weeks ago. Um, he was applying to be a member at uh, what the hell is the course? I want to say Shinnecock, but it was not Shinnecock. What was it, Reggie? The one in Minnesota, the big course there. Oh, it's uh, Wisconsin. No, um, uh, fuck. Just put me on the spot. Put myself uh, on the whist- spot. Whistling Straits? Nope. Where no. they have the Ryder Cup? Yeah. Hazeltine? Hey. Hazeltine? Yeah. Sounds yeah. right. It's bad that I don't remember that. Medina? No, anyway, so the, the guy that we were playing with was Hazeltine. Is that what you said, Reggie? <laughs> yeah. Um, the guy we were playing with, Rip, was applying to be a member of Hazeltine. And he said that he had to go through, like, a big process of, like, screening and, like, interviews and shit. Um, so, I mean, if you're going to get killed or someone is going to come to your house tonight and for sharing this info, you don't have to say. But, like, what's that process like of applying to be a member of one of those courses? Um, Do you have to give blood? Well, no. Some are different than others, definitely. And um, mine was like, I had to, they want you to like kind of be involved. So I had to do a couple meetings with like a couple of the members and guys on the board. And then, but I also joined, they do this summer program. So it's like a cheap version and you get the summer. So you're, so I'm not like a full-time member. I get it for two years and then I have to apply for like the junior membership. Right. But yeah, that you do a couple meetings and, and you know, they like it if you go play with a couple of the members and they want to see, you know, what kind of person you are. Like if you're out there being a jackass, then you know that, that makes sense. Um, but I know there's like Were you giving guys tickets? <laughs> no. <laughs> but Maybe if it push came to shove, I'm <laughs> um, like I know there's like a couple places where guys have been on like wait lists and lists for like years, and you have to like play with like every member over this time, and like they're really strict about it. And but like some of these clubs allow like 100, 200 members, so true. Like you're on like your last member, hey? and the guy's like, "No, nah, I don't like yeah. this dickhead." No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's fluffing his ball in the rough. We can't. <laughs> but it, it is like a whole process, and you know, you have to. They, they have to feel like you're gonna fit in, and like they want like a you to be able to go and hang out with different members and like be a part of the club and not just like show up and play by yourself every you know thursday and friday kind of thing yeah that's sweet actually it is it makes sense it makes sense it's it seems like it's a little bit much but it honestly makes sense to me around here too there's so many people like trying to join and and they want to keep it like i I guess it's like it, it does become like an issue with like political stuff i think sometimes too um you know like i think at at times there's been like like clubs that don't allow Jewish people or, or certain things like that. Um, I think it's gotten better, but there is definitely issues with little things like that. Um, but it, they're, they're independent courses. They're, they're owned, so they're owned by people. And I, and I guess right. they have the right to kind of do what they want. Yeah. The crazy part is, is like, like here, like the courses that we play, 
are like desperate for members. Like they want as many members as they can get because it's only like a five month season and like yeah. you take anybody you can get, but like they're it's awesome that they can like pick and choose who yeah. they actually want for their members. It's like such an event, it's so cool. Yeah, they try to keep their membership at a number so that if you are a member that you can actually go out and play and not like make sense. Because there isn't really anything worse than like you pay as a membership and like you're like scrambling to try to get tea times and you can't like no shit it's like Mm -hmm. like this is this is stupid yeah and i mean that's one thing i will say about wheat city and you know we've said a lot of good things about wheat city in the last couple years and how how much dave and grady have done there to improve the place but like as a member there we had our league on on we still have it obviously thursday nights um but like if you tried to make up a match it was almost impossible because every night there was a different there was three or four different leagues playing and so you know if you're working nine to five and you want to go out and play like does it make sense to get a membership if you can only play once or twice or once a week and then on weekends if you want to like i don't know it it was kind of frustrating to me yeah. But Wheat City doesn't have, you know, it's not ten or a hundred thousand dollars per membership, so they have to charge, or they have to get more people because they can only charge so much. So it's a logistics thing, obviously. Um, right, that's just about Wheat City too. Like that's every course around every here. Course. They're getting as as many people as often as they can, no matter what. Yeah, I feel they like want they as many members as possible. They also have yeah. like big expenses at those courses too, because there's so much work into like getting them ready and whatnot. Where like, if you're in a climate here where like. <clears throat> You know, it's not that cold and it's not right. that bad. Like the courses like all recover really well and they're not dealing with a lot of the crap they have to deal with there. But they also have bigger budgets here because people are paying, you know, pretty good money, some some crazy money, some some that are very fair, but they 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 can do that, which allows them to keep their memberships low, which allows the members freedom to kind of do what they want and play when they want. For sure. That makes sense. Makes sense. Um, and I mean, like as a membership base or as like a community or a group, like you're kind of only as, as good or as strong as like your weakest person in there. Right. And I mean, it's different in a, in a golf membership like that, but if there's like a couple of assholes and they're pissing all the members off and then all the members leave to go to a different course, which is two kilometers down the road, like, that's a big problem for those courses. Yeah. They don't want, yeah, they don't want that. They don't want to have to deal with it. They don't want to have to deal with like fighting the people, bullshit. fighting members. Right. Or, yeah. Well, like if you're not going to, you know, comply to the rules or comply to that stuff, then they're just like, well, go somewhere else. We don't want you, don't want you here. Yeah. Makes sense. It, it seems like a little bit much, but it makes sense to me. So, uh, final you know, thoughts. That, that's that? the FIFO rule. I was muted. I was trying to say it, but <laughs> that's bad or fuck bad off. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's a good line. That's what it is. Yeah, because you have every opportunity, every and every right to to fuck off. But mm-hmm. if you decide to fit in, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, final thoughts, boys. Rip, when are you coming home? I meant to ask you the last couple of weeks here, but when are you? When are you coming gone. Home? I'm looking late July, so we might have to get a get a game going i i like my re- record against uh reggie right now i shot i shot a shot a 93 the other day so i'll put that in the handicap and, and <laughs> there you go 
Get some more strokes on him. You're messed up. <laughs> I don't think that Rip and I have ever lost to you, Reggie. I uh, think our last Rip match. corrected me on that. Rip corrected me on that on the weekend. I think we might have lost our last match. Mm, I don't know. About well, that. I honestly have two way too many losses piled up to even think about a win. <laughs> um, Rip, you don't know when you're coming home, man. Eh? Yeah, I'm you thinking that end of July. Like the very end? Like the 11th ish of July, yeah. So, middle of oh. July, <laughs> yeah. That's mid, that's when we're going to Rubes's uh wedding. Oh no, I'll be a week. <sighs> I will say, though, for futures, and this is down the road, but the Ryder Cup is going to be played about 20 minutes from my house in a couple summers, so. Ooh. Could be a could be a kingdom event on location. Yeah, could be. <laughs> People are gonna think we're in the Illuminati or something with that kind of stuff. Oh no, that's I just yeah, bought tickets. Bad. I just bought tickets. Did Cheater. you? Oh, you know what Cheater. we we you know what we forgot before we go before we go we have huge. Uh, Huge thing to talk about here for one second, but it was Chez's birthday. I think it was yesterday or the day before. So I have nothing left to cheers here, Chez. Sorry, man. We got caught up cheers into ripped engagement like it's a big a big deal or something. But the real thing that happened this week was Chez's birthday. Uh, <laughs> so Chez, he sent me a message for Father's Day too. So big, big shout out to him. Yeah. Whenever, whenever I uh, whenever I tune into the kingdom, I feel like Chez is always there. Ches is always here. So Ches lives here. We probably should have started the episode with happy birthday to Ches, like singing it, but we had a lot going on. We had a lot going on. Sorry, Ches, but we uh <laughs> we didn't miss it. So happy birthday, Ches. I think he's like 25 or 26 years old. Hell of a golfer. Um what else? Last thing, final, last, final thoughts. Last, yeah, thing. Thoughts. last is the last. Uh ACT's off in two and a half hours. At the uh, BMW International in, in uh, is it is it Germany. Munich or Munich? Munich, Munich, Munich. Munich. Yeah, so he's in Munich, seven forty seven forty a.m. local time, twelve forty here, and then uh, June twenty third, five forty. So we might be able to catch the. Uh, I'll be tracking the end of that one. I might. I'll probably get up for that. The beginning I'll of that. I'll for that. Yeah. <laughs> tonight. I'm like tonight, one, two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, so you could track tonight. I'll track tomorrow. I'll get up at <laughs> five to track them. Uh, we should definitely send a, uh, thoughts and prayers to everybody in Dauphin that was affected by the absolute tragedy that uh, occurred on that was Thursday morning, I believe. Right? Uh, we passed by it on the way to Winnipeg. It was just a a pretty sobering thing to come across and witness, kind of the the mayhem around it. So nothing but love and uh, Dauphin strong. Um, George's already out, so I guess uh, I guess that's it. He's pulled the plug. We will as well. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. Thanks, Rip, for coming on. Been a bit. Uh, when are you back on the Rip, ice? Uh... Yeah, you, you guys said that uh, every time I scored, I had to come on, and then it's almost like I, I waited too long to score. <laughs> no, yeah, it didn't work out a couple times there, but yeah, you uh, like we've said in the past here, anytime you want to come on, you uh, – there's a fourth chair here for you every episode. Whenever you want to come on, you're more than welcome. 
I don't know uh, if you want me all the time, but I'll take you uh, up. On it. I'll take you up on it every once in a while, especially after I beat you. It's it's definitely definitely yeah. easier. To come on. Oh, you know what? Usually, uh, when you used to beat me, it was uh, you beat me by by stroke stroke and death. But this this last one was a a very improved rip, and it was unreal to see. So I don't mind losing on on your big day there. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's a fun game, so it's it's. Uh, <laughs> Keep trying to get better. Then you George have to give me back in time here. Quite blurry. George's laptop died, so he turned his potato on and popped <laughs> on. His iPhone laptop did die. I thought I was going to get away with uh, pushing it right to the last second there. It said I had five minutes left, but it lied to me. So never trust uh, an empty tank of gas. Never trust your battery. But I made her back here. So. Uh, sorry, I missed the thoughts and prayers there for Dolphin. That was a tough one, and I don't want to revisit it. Um, do, brutal. So what were you guys talking about after that? We had just told Rip he's more than welcome to come on anytime he wants. There's always always a fourth spot here. He said he likes coming on after he beats me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Guess we just have to play more. Yeah. yeah we were supposed right. to do oh, yeah. a full day at Rossman this summer with the boys, so – Still possible, but looking doubtful. When are you guys gone? 12th. 11th to the 18th. Perfect. That's when I'm there. <laughs> uh, are we back on the 18th? <laughs> I no, we're like back the on the 18th. Is that the Monday? 18th. I think Monday's the 18th. I don't know. Okay. We'll try Could to figure it out. Thought, anything? Or are you good to go? No, I'm good. Just thanks yeah. for having me. It's always sorry fun. for sorry for keeping you so long here. Uh, my final thoughts for the night are: um, leave your balls alone and don't fluff in the rough. Drums, take us out of here. Thanks for coming on, Rip. Anytime, Rip, you're yeah. welcome. Rip, your post on Instagram say so got me three uh, follow requests from three Islander bots. <laughs> and 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 a couple more, but. Uh, Trying to try to help trying to help the the kingdom fire fire it off, but yeah, gotta get a... uh, gotta get their hats in the the Islanders colors. I know. I mean, we uh, we, uh, we had we had we've been talking. We were talking about it with our caddy. He thinks that he thinks that Red should should get the head covers buzzing. Yeah, he was pretty he was pretty excited about him. There you go. We'll okay, see. I we'll guess that's it cool. for another one. Um, we'll see everybody next week. Thanks for coming out, hanging out in the chat. Uh, that's it. We'll see you next week. Love you, boys. Peace out. Later. Yes. Love you, boys. See you guys. I got to eat some supper. <laughs>